But she caught me on the counter. Wasn't me. Saw me kissing on the sofa. Wasn't me. I even had Sports Radio 94 WIP. Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio today alongside Hugh Douglas. Uh, reacting a lot to the A.J. Brown interview, whether it makes you feel better or worse about the Eagles moving forward. But this song coming back, are you, were you a big Shaggy fan, you back in the oh, day? Oh, this song was funny. Not really. No. He had a couple club bangers, though. Yeah. Listen to it in the club. That was like, that, yeah, that was a big early 2000s thing. Are you a Shaggy guy there? was a guy there, red Kyle? sky going to, like, hanging out in the city. Uh, not a huge Shaggy guy, but I figured Wasn't Me was perfect for uh, the greatest excuse maker of our generation coming to town yesterday. Yes. Wasn't Her- me. Wasn't him. No. Doc perfect. said he still got friends here, though. Yeah. And Don't we'll, be hating. Not me. We'll get to Doc. Yeah, there you go. It uh, wasn't me. But we'll get to Doc in a minute here. But, the, yeah, Doc Rivers made his return. Unfortunately, the Bucks beat the Sixers yesterday. And I, I just I just got to say, I, I can't watch Tobias Harris play basketball. Crumble anymore. cookie. Like, dude, <laughs> I, just I, think it's funny. I can't take it anymore. This guy, like, f- this contract, by the way, feels like the longest contract in the history of pro- professional sports. We're in year five now. It feels like Tobias Harris has been here for 15 years and he's he's so bad. Like he's gotten so awful. He's somehow gotten worse. You, he's regressed. Wasn't Terrible. he? He was banged up, and then I think he got sick. So he's probably dealing with a little bit. No excuses. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, you better not start making. I'm not. Excuses. I'm not making excuses. I'm just Tobias. saying, man. Tobias, you know, he's he's having a little rough go of it. Tobias Harris, apologist. You Douglas. <laughs> he is. Not, I like crumble cookie though. He is my least favorite player I've ever watched in any sport. Like, not that he's the worst, but he's my least favorite to watch because just like. Seeing him out there on the floor is immediately infuriating because he's just like existing out there. He's not really doing anything. I think, he's not. It, he's not awful. He's just completely underwhelming. I think is, is the it best part way. of it because of of what his dad said about him, and 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 then Doc tried to double down like the same year and talk about he need to put his number. We hated him well himself. before his dad opened his mouth. No, that was dumb. Who was it? No, that was uh. Doctor J, Doctor J, he'd be up in the rafters. He said he's gonna be in the rafters. Oh my God! Come on, Doctor J. You know, J. That's part a bad of, I understand the money part, but that's what guys getting in, in in the NBA now. That's that's the money. I just, I just please let this contract be over, please it's, God. I think the word I would use to describe him is like frustrating. Like he's the most frustrating basketball player to witness. Like you're you don't understand how a guy could miss a wide open dunk or like an easy layup. Like to the to the extent that he does, it's like how how does this happen? Right, and it's like Joel Embiid's out, and the questions are always, oh, where's the offense going to come from besides Maxi? Well, you have a guy making forty million dollars, and I understand that the contracts are what the contracts are, but it should just be yeah, Tobias. You should be able to pencil him in for at least what eighteen a night, and the fact that you can't do that is is very frustrating. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. We'll get with to what Doc Rivers had to say in his triumphant <laughs> return. I got friends in a moment. Oh. First, let's go to True in North Philly. What's up, True? Hey, how y'all doing, man? What's going on, man? You hear me? We got you. Uh, I gotta get you guys off the uh, Bluetooth real quick. Hello. What's up, man? What's up? Hey, how y'all doing, man? I just wanted to uh, comment on the AJ thing. I, I just. I feel like he cleared up a lot of things, but I feel like he left. The one main thing that I was really wanted to hear about was him with him and the Jalen Hurts thing. I think he kind of left that open because he didn't. Like I got, I got kids. I got, you know, a guy. They got Godfather. That's my brother. And if anybody ever asks any questions to me about my brother, I'm dispelling all of it unless there's an issue. Yeah, I don't. No, I mean, I hear you, but but even like say since we talk about your family, 
Like if somebody asks you personal business about you and your, your brother or your, your family member, are you telling them, are you spilling all the beans? No, I'm not spilling the beans. But he didn't, it's not that he didn't spill the beans. He didn't, I'm, I'm not, you, it's none of your business. For real, for real, that's, that's my thing. So if, if that's my brother and if we, if we consider ourselves a, a family, then I'm going I'm to I'm play it like that at all times. Nobody's going to know, you, you're not going to know that there's an issue between me and my brother unless we, you, you see us fight. Okay, so you you saw the fight. Argue, I'm coming out, and they you ask me what's going on with you and you and your brother. Ain't nothing going on with my brother. What you mean? That's my brother. I love him. Okay, so what's the difference about what he what he did on the air and what you just said? What's the what's the difference? Well, he said he's if if somebody come to me and say you got what's wrong with you, your brother? Well, my brother going to be my brother. He's just going to be who he is. That's you know I can't control that. That to me that says my brother he he acting a little funny right now, but I ain't going to speak on that. Okay, again, I'm gonna I speak on that. <laughs> so not, not. He didn't say that's my brother, and ain't no issues because it's none. It's none well, about tr- no. True, that is th- between that's, brothers. A, that's exactly what he said. Appreciate it, man. I appreciate the call, but that is what AJ Brown said. He said, yeah, that, what, "What are we?" Okay, wait a minute. Okay, because before we get another one of these, what what is it that? Where's the disconnect? Because that's exactly what he did. Like he didn't he didn't speak on it. Which, if if. You're like to, to, to his point, True's point, if that's my brother, I'm not speaking on it because it's one of those situations that can't be repaired. That's what I liked about it. I think we're getting to the point now where like we want to know more about it when we don't need to know. Like it, we don't need to know everything. We just need the only thing I need to know is that it can be fixed. It felt to me like it, it can be fixed. Yeah. And, and that's the only thing that should matter to Eagles fans. The fact that we don't know the intricacies of what's going on in that locker room, I think that's a good thing. Like, it's, it's a good thing. Think about going back in the archives, the whole Donovan T.O. situation and how that came apart. Like, there were so many stories coming out of that locker room that eventually, like, the, the story came out and you knew what, exactly what happened. That, that relationship to this day is still not right between those two guys. It's not. So what do we need to know? Right, and this is nowhere close to that. No, I it's mean, not. This is nothing like the T.O. McNabb situation. And I think with A.J., like, he was asked about the Jalen stuff. He didn't want to get too deep into it. Now, okay, we can we can read that however we want, but I, I don't think it, it means necessarily that there is this huge issue between A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts. I just don't think he really wanted to go too deep into it. And, as, and, and, and this is the thing that I have to ask fans because I feel like we're going to get some more of these phone calls. What does he need to say? Like, if you care about the team, shouldn't that be your biggest priority or your biggest feel is that you feel like, okay, we can repair this. He kind of, to me, he kind of did that. Yeah. And- like, but now we want to we wanna nitpick and talk about how he answered this question or he didn't answer this question or about how he was being disrespectful by saying he worked harder than anybody else. Seriously? You're, you're mad at him now? Because he said he worked harder than somebody else? Well, this is the thing. And, and hey, I, there were a lot of things that A.J. did say during that interview that I didn't agree with. The Jalen Hurts stuff, I, I had no problem with the way he handled that. You know, basically said, everything's good with me and Jalen. His leadership style is his leadership style. Now, as far as the reports about Jalen Hurts' leadership, a lot of that's come from within the building. When yeah, they've Mike been Garif- complaining about that for a while. Right. Mike Garofalo reports on it. Howard reports on it. Those things are coming from inside the building. But... You know, he AJ was not you know very vocal about that relationship, and I don't think he really needed to in that moment. Nah, you Too- just let it let it cook. 
215-592-9494 if you want to get in. But did want to get to uh, what Doc Rivers had to say yesterday. Because as we said, it was Doc Rivers' triumphant return coming back to Philadelphia. The Bucks beat the Sixers. And Doc like met, with the, met with the media pregame. And I think we all expected, you know, the accountable guy that Doc was. He would take accountability. And he would take, I guess, responsibility for what went wrong at the end of last year. Uh, didn't turn out that's what happened. Here was Doc talking about what happened in his time in Philadelphia. How do you think your, your tenure here should be remembered? That's up to you. That's not up to me. I think uh, I was happy with it overall. I just wish we could have got further, gone further. I wish I could have had a chance to have Joel healthy in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, when I took this job here, uh, I think we had got swept the year before in the first round. That that regular season, the next year, we won the East um, lost to Atlanta, which I would love to have that one back uh, as a group. Um, you know, but overall, um, Joel became an MVP. Uh, we established this team as a championship contender. Um, that wasn't said the year before. So, um, and under a lot of stuff, you know, you think about it, we had the James Harden trade, the Ben stuff. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, some was under my control, some was out of my control. But overall, um, you know, for me, if you don't win a title, you know, you're never exactly happy. That's why we all do this. It's only going to be one of those a year. But, you know, I loved it here. Isn't it hilarious how he gets asked the question and he automatically just, like, reverts to defensive excuse mode? Like, immediately. That's where his mind goes, well, they got swept in the playoffs the year before I got here. We got to the second round that year, so obviously we were a much better team. It's crazy. I don't know what I don't like to be honest, TK. I don't know what he's supposed to say in a situation like that. I mean, when you look, talk about his his time here, it was tumultuous. That Ben Simmons things, I remember that Atlanta that Atlanta game. That was bananas. It's awful. That was bananas how that went down, it, and just how it got bad. And last year, I was here for last year, and just how there was a tale of two teams. They looked different every night. And I didn't. I I could not explain to you what it was. One night, Joel Embiid looked like he was ready to turn the corner and be that dude. Then him and James Harden just disappear. James Harden have his night one night, and then they both just disappear at the absolute worst time you can disappear. But I I love how he acts like they got so much better in his first year here. I mean, in 2020, it was the COVID season. They were in the bubble. Simmons was out for the playoffs. The year before that, they actually got to the exact same spot. <laughs> That they got the first year Doc was here. They've never advanced further with Doc than they had before Doc. And to answer your question, Hugh, I don't know like specifically what he could have said, but I know what he should have avoided saying. And it was most of what he just said right there. Like, <laughs> can you not like first of all, I, there's no accountability to saying, oh, we had the Ben stuff, we had the Harden stuff. For once in your freaking life, dude, just say we or me or I didn't do Do a a good good enough job. job. That's it, man. Like, that's all I need to hear. Shut up with the rest. Just give us the Andy Reid. You know what jumped out to me when he said that or when that was going on? Okay, what part of of what happened with this team was not in your control? Right. That's where I would have followed up at. It's like everything That That's where I I would want to know the answer to that question. (laughs) What part was not you? It really is great, thing. great because he immediately just defaults to making all these different excuses. Speaking of which, mm. here was more from Doc uh, asked about what happened specifically at the end of the Celtics series last. Do you feel like you got a bum rap though? I mean, because there was a game where your two best players struggled. Um, the game seven and, and if you lose. listen, that's up for you guys. Listen, um, I believe in what I do. I'll put it that way. 
Um, going into the series last year, uh, if I asked you guys to have a show of hands, who picked the Sixers? That's the point. So, uh, I mean, come yet on. we had them down 3-2 and had a chance. The game we should have won was the game six. Uh, game sevens are tough everywhere. Uh, but, you know, we did something to get there. And uh, I just tells you how close we were. And so, you know, I look back on that and, and think, I don't, you know, Joel wasn't 100% last year. So, uh, you know, things happen and you just live with them. Probably wouldn't have led with who picked the Sixers. Because now that me, leads me to believe that you didn't even think. <laughs> and I love too. He's acting like he's making some sort of a great point. Uh, show of hands. Oh, nobody <laughs> are. Show of hands. Yeah. And, I, and I'll tell you another thing. It doesn't, like, I understand why people are mad at Doc. Because it doesn't help when you go to Milwaukee talking about, oh, y'all gave me the job yeah. during the toughest stretch of the season. What what, what you expect? He acts like a, <laughs> an underdog has never won in sports before. Oh, they were. <laughs> you were up 3-2 in the series. You were up at home in game six. And that was another thing that bothered me, too, is just the way he says, oh, well, game six was our game. You know, game sevens, they're tough. Like, so what? You just quit? Once, like, it was, once you lost game six, you just thought going back know, to Boston, we're not going to win this game. You know what the sad part about I mean, I guess it's not sad. He's he probably going to be a Hall of Famer, too. Oh, please. Uh, he probably You're probably right. Doc going to be a Hall of Famer. Because Basketball Hall of Fame is a joke. <laughs> now he, he is just it is. Like, it's the biggest joke of any of the professional sports hall of fame look at the people in there i guarantee if you looked at a just a full running list of uh, basketball hall of famers you'd be like who the hell are half of these guys i'm not i'm not going there with you today, Kyle, i don't I think hear, that's really up for debate to no, be honest i mean i you. hear you i hear you but he's probably going to be a hall of famer probably the and the worst part is he's never going to go away like, when he's done coaching, he'll be on TV. He'll be in the Hubie Brown role 20 yeah. years from now. Yeah, he's, he's definitely going to be doing that. I just want him to go away. I just can't <laughs> I can't listen to him anymore, please. <laughs> all, all you need it's, to know about Doc Rivers and, and how who he is as a coach is, uh, do you think, like, this is only how he talks to the media? Or do you think in the locker room he's sitting there building in excuses or saying nobody thinks we're going to – like, that's, prob- that's probably the messaging to the team. I would like to think that he's different. In the in the locker room, I, I see zero him. evidence for me to believe. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see it either. But you, you got to believe that he's one way with the media, and he's totally different with the team. Uh, but when you hear know. like I other did. players that I play for, him, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. Well, it you, really is. Do you not think that some players might love him because he makes excuses for them and he just lets them do? See, that's what he I'm wants. saying. It like, all depends because I know JJ Reddick does not like he did one is for his career, but JJ does not. I guess he does not reciprocate the love that he had, that Doc Rivers I mean, has for neither him. Neither do I. And I, and I love I Tal, too. The one thing that I did like is is he says, well, game six, uh, the plan was – Joel didn't get the ball enough. I, I, I My plan was for him to get the ball. I don't know why he didn't. Yeah, kind of a, a subtle shot at Harden, yeah. I think, uh, obviously. For sure. And Joel, to an extent. And, like, uh, maybe he was saying that game six was their game because when they showed up game seven – and he saw the look on Harden's face. He was like, this is not our game. Yeah, but it's just like, <laughs> how can you say that? Like, yeah, game six was our game. Game seven, you know, we went to Boston. We, we went up there. We were hoping for the best, but we knew we weren't going to win that game. Just not a very good mindset to have from your head coach. So Doc's back. He gets the win. Very frustrating. 215-592-9494. Let's go back to the phones. Go to Terrell. What's up, Terrell? Hello. Terrell. What's up, man? Yeah. Hey, how you doing? What's going on, man? Not much. Um, I'm on AJ's side because I feel like Philadelphia media do this to a lot of our good athletes. They try to 
tore, uh, they try to tear down their image. Because I feel like when Kelsey just did that in the Super Bowl, don't nobody talk about it. AJ did it because we were just in the Super Bowl and we're not playing up to our caliber. I feel like if I was AJ, I'll be upset too because we're not playing to our standards. Well, wait, Terrell, wait, but Terrell, wait, wait, how Terrell. is the media trying to tear him down, though? Because y'all saying that he's a diva. How is he a diva? Where is the diva in Travis what? Kelsey? Wait a minute, wait a minute, Terrell. Let me let me let me give you just a little bit of pushback. I hear what you're saying, and I understand where you're going with this. But the the difference is when AJ did it, it was it wasn't a story until they started losing. So that that's revisionist history. Everybody started to look back at that moment and and point to that as when the season started to fall apart. And as far as Travis, there was a little pushback. But but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me let me just finish real quick, and I'm gonna give it right back to you. But the Travis thing, they won the Super Bowl. That's why that wasn't the story. Now, if they would have lost the Super Bowl, that's a different story. If they would have lost, that would have been a different story. He almost knocked his coach over. Yeah, but it would have been, like I said, I hear what you're saying, and I understand it, but they didn't lose. Now, if they lost, you got it, you got it, my bad, you got it. I'm just saying the narrative update, that's that's what we're talking about is the winning and losing, but the whole thing is he did the same thing. But but the, the difference is, Terrell, is that when that happened, they were still on a winning streak when they started losing. That's when people started to point to that and say that was the turning point. That, that's, the only, that's the only thing I'm saying. Was they still not talking about that prior? Because they still was bringing that up because we was up there winning. Who, who, was, who was bringing it up? Who was bringing they, it up? They were bringing it up. They was up there saying No, they and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that they didn't, bro. I'm just asking who was bringing it up because I don't remember talking about the that. Media. That's what I'm saying to me. When he snapped, everybody was talking about him snapping because they was wondering why he was snapping because he was winning. Yeah, in, in week two, there was an incident on the sideline where AJ seemed to be frustrated. We talked mm-hmm. about it, but Terrell, it's not its not the kind of thing where anybody was, like, ripping AJ Brown I, on I a don't, daily yeah, basis. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't recall y'all that. Y'all call him a diva. Y'all, that's not a good name. And then everybody kept referring to Terrell Owens, and that's not – that's what I'm saying. Y'all got – y'all started Again, Terrell, again, not, not saying that it didn't happen, but I, I started hearing all that once they started going on the slide. And then they started comparing him to Terrell Owens. That, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that you're wrong, but when I started hearing them talk about him being a diva, that was when it started to happen, when they started to slide. And then you started to look at his demeanor on the sideline, and then it was more like a, a snowball effect more than anything. It wasn't like initially when that happened on the sideline that there was a whole lot of talk about that. It was when they started going on the slide of a, a little bit. That's when everybody started to speculate. Here's what I don't understand about Appreciate this whole it. thing. Like, isn't it, it – <laughs> When the team's winning and he's doing that on the sideline, is it not fair for fans to wonder what the hell's going on there? Like we're he's talking about he's mad at us for speculating about him yelling on the sideline. And and first of all, I can't I don't think any of the three of us, or including Joe, have called AJ Brown a diva or said, Oh, he's he's Terrell owns 2.0. You know who Terrell's right there is thinking of? Probably callers or fans that say, oh, AJ's a diva, this and that. This wasn't us saying, AJ Brown, diva, TO 2.0. Like, we're just speculating. We want to know what's going on. Our team's winning and our wide receiver's yelling at the quarterback. We just hit that, shut up, and, like, and, forget about it. And why wouldn't we want to know about it? Like, why wouldn't we be interested in what those conversations are about on the sideline? Like, that that's a natural thing to wonder about. And again, to Kyle's point, I don't think any hosts on the station or anything like that have called AJ Diva or attacked his character. I, I didn't. And and I and when he did it, this is how I thought about it. I was like, oh, that's something. That could potentially be something. But they won. And they were winning. A lot of people that that when they talked about this as this thing started to slide, 
and as he started to not catch the ball as much or as he started to become uh, uh, on the back of a milk carton or he, he became missing in his offense, that's when it became a story. That's all, that's all I'm saying is that I hear what you're talking about as far as the comparison and everything, but it became a story once A.J. started to feel or it felt like he was being frozen out of this offense. Yeah, and that's the way it works, man. Like, when you lose, everything's going to get magnified. And to the point about the Travis Kelsey thing, like, that's in the Super Bowl. If that happens— And they lose? If that happens on Christmas Day, when the Chiefs lose the Raiders, and they're in the different. It's a whole different story. And their season's falling apart— don't you think you the reaction to that is much different than it is in the Super yeah, Bowl? Because initially when I saw it, I'm like, hmm. And then I, I I was like, oh wow, that's that's a lot. And then I my next thought was, okay, maybe that's the relationship that they have. And as he came out and he apologized for it, you're right. You're you're totally right. It would have been magnified if they would have took it took that L. But since they won the game, it was not a story. Because all the other stories were about the fact that they won the Super Bowl and everything else that went along with that. But if they had lost, then yeah, that would have definitely been a big story. Yeah, and losing magnifies everything. And when you see the receiver or a player, any players getting after it on the sideline, not just A.J. Brown. Same thing happened in the Giants game where Nick Sirianni and Hassan Reddick are kind of arguing on the sideline. Yeah. Of course we're going to speculate as to what those conversations are about. And you know what? The, the thing that I compare it to, or I can compare it to, with, just to give you a little context, wasn't there a time where, where Josh Allen got into it with uh, Diggs. The, Stephon Diggs? We're in the playoffs last year against Cincinnati. Yes, and that was a story, and then it wasn't. But that Because that's, like for most people, that's what receivers do. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those things, oh, you know, it's, it's the receiver thing. But it became more magnified here because as we progressed through the season and the fact that A.J. didn't say anything, that's what people pointed to. They looked back at that moment and said, oh, that's where it started. And he's being a diva. That's where all that came from. And, 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 hey, man, I don't even look at it and think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like, it's an emotional game. I don't, I don't want to play with nobody who don't want the football. <laughs> right. <laughs> or who I, feels like they, they're the baddest dude on the field. Because most receivers are like that. Like, he's the closest thing to Terrell Owens that we've had in a long time. Yeah, man. Guys I are, don't have a problem with that. Guys are going to get frustrated. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not unfair for us to wonder – what was that about? What are these conversations about? I think that's just natural. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Uh, when we get back, we back to the phones uh, on, on the A.J. Brown situation. Plus, uh, where is the Jason Kelsey retirement meter at today? Some audio from him next, uh, which will kind of shed some light on it. That's coming up. I'm Tom Kelly in for Joe Giglio today alongside Hugh Douglas Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. ESPN Bet is now live in Pennsylvania. As the official sports book of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. Oh, what a play. Must be 21 plus. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.